the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, broadcasting from the 960 The Patriot Studios in beautiful Arizona, your car insiders. They work for you, not the dealer. Now you have personal friends for the car buying experience. Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? On the road again. Here are your hosts, Dana Southern and Gary Green. Good morning and welcome to your car insiders on 960 The Patriot. I'm Gary Green. I'm here with my friend and business partner, Dana Southern, and we are your car insiders. You know, Dana and I were talking about something, and it's kind of funny because something that's going on in the used car industry, it's become very prevalent, and I think it's a little funny, is the no negotiating one price thing. Now, I was looking at a used car, and it was actually a used car priced at an AutoNation store. And me personally, with what I can do to help myself buy a brand new car, buying this 5,000 mile 2015 car for what they wanted made zero sense. Now, they can justify the number when they basically say this is retail Kelly Blue Book or suggested sale price. Now, I'm going to ask a question, and I know what Dana's answer is going to be. If you look... At a 2015 car that was purchased before June 1st of 2015, and it has 5,000 miles on it, what does it have in common with the same car that was purchased at the same time that has 50,000 miles on it? It has remaining powertrain warranty. No bumper-to-bumper coverage. So when you buy a 5,000-mile car, now, I'm not bashing anybody, but... Think about it. And Dana's going to read an article, but think about these things. AutoNation. AutoNation stole an employee from... Hired, I think, officially is the terminology. Well, I... Okay. Technically, he, he now works for this company. He used to work for... Or CarMax. And, you know, I personally, and I, I think Gary would share this in common with me, um, two sides of it. One, I've never, ever helped anyone acquire a vehicle. I've sent people there because sometimes they pay stupid money. And what he just said was the second part. I have sent some people there to have their cars appraised by CarMax and give guided them to do that. And in some cases, it's actually worked out. But I, what I, I want to say one thing about that, but I have a dear friend of mine that I met through my friend at the bank and I've helped her get a couple of cars. And her son, we helped her son get a car. And she co-signed for her son. Her son hasn't been feeling well. He hasn't been working that much. And the two car payments were becoming a struggle. Now, up until about, she calls me up and says, I got to do something. I can't make both payments anymore. So I said, here's what you do. 
We can take both cars that you have, trade them in and get one payment. But you're no longer going to have the low payment on your car, and you're going to be somewhere in between what the two payments were and the one payment on your car. Well, I don't want to do that. I don't want you to do that. Jump in your car, drive over to CarMax. Now, her car, her son was driving down the freeway, and a cinder block flew out of a truck, hit his car, he drove over it, nothing on the Carfax. They inspected the car at CarMax, and they bought her car. And all she had to do, she got out of that payment, she wrote a check for about $800. I'm going to give you a little hint. She won the lottery. The car payment was gone. They, now, you know, I've had a couple similar scenarios where, like as an example, someone to get out of their lease early, CarMax is a dealer, just like a new car franchise, although they're a used car franchise, they're not subject to the sales tax. And if you have a really nice car, I've had a couple of those that made sense. But as a general rule, I wanted to read an article that was in the newspaper on Saturday from Jalopnik, and they quote some different things, but here's why CarMax makes more money on used cars than anyone else. I wonder why AutoNation wanted to hire that guy. Anyway, let me keep reading. CarMax is an absolute powerhouse when it comes to pre-owned vehicle retailing. It sells more than double the used inventory than their nearest competitor, and they make significantly more money doing so. The primary reason for this is simple. Most people are overpaying. Maybe that's why we've never helped anyone buy a car there. Anyway, a recent report by Automotive News, that's a national publication, shows just how much farther ahead of the field CarMax is compared to other major pre-owned retailers. In this first quarter of 2018, CarMax sold over 170,000 vehicles. In the number two spot, Penske Automotive sold over 73,000 cars. When it comes to gross profit per unit on average, CarMax ranked in at $2,147 per vehicle. Lithium Motors, which they don't have any out here. I think that's in Northwest. Yeah, kind of in the Northwest area. Um, they averaged 2147 while other dealer groups such as Asbury, Penske, AutoNation, Sonic had a profit range between 1565 and 1090 Now, what I want to know, are those numbers before or after PAC? Well, that's an interesting question. <laughs> Overhead expense or not, and that's just front-end profit. But if you think about the cars that CarMax has, they're either cars that they bought at auction or, you know, people, of course, sell them off the street to them. Now, when you go to CarMax, you drive in with your car, and it takes probably about a half hour. And they insp and I like how they do it. Low stress, no hassle. No, and they give you the number. And I'm just going to make up a number. They offered you $12,999 for your car. And if you said you wanted thirteen grand, they are not going to give you the dollar. Once you get the written printed out offer to purchase that's good for seven days i don't know if there's a mileage restriction but it's good for seven days and they will not adjust it by anything if you come back on the eighth day they have to reappraise the car now what dana said last week when he was talking about the value of the toyota avalon changing the way it did in one week kelly blue book used to change every 60 days 
changes every seven days. Now, we're not here to talk about Kelly Blue Book. We're not here to talk about the, the, we're talking about there are people, you know, and now you have this God dang token. You know, you buy your car, and I don't know anybody that's bought. But when are you I, talking about Carvana now? Yeah. And it's another one of these. When you look at the prices, you know, the you know highest kind of price, priced used cars that I can find when I'm looking. Do you want to know what's weird about that, Gary? They, I, I didn't finish the very last person in that article, but with the lowest gross average and the highest prices, like you just said, was Carvana. How does that business model make sense? They now were, they were at nine fifty a car. I go to the auction. And I watch the auction online, and it is amazing how many times I'll be bidding, watching a car, and I and I don't buy a lot. I just I like to watch it. If I got nothing going on, I'm sitting in the house. I can log in. I can watch the you're, Anaheim auction. You're actually learning and, and following the industry that you have passion for. Now, it's amazing how many cars I get watch get purchased online by CarMax, because if you're online and an online bidder buys the car, it will not only tell me what their bidder number was, it'll name the company. Now, if it's a bidder that's in the lane, it will only show their number in lane. It won't say who it is. CarMax, Carvana, and a thing called AutoNation Direct. So when you go to certain dealer groups' websites, all of a sudden... It pops up, and you're now looking at every Penske dealership. So you could go to Penske's website, think you're looking at Tempe Honda, find a Honda CRV, and if you don't look down at the bottom and realize that the car is at Surprise Toyota, which is another Penske dealership, okay, what they've done, okay, and I don't understand, they've complicated it. And and I got to tell you, I I don't have a gun, but I feel like when I'm trying to do some research online and that stupid pop-up pops up and it starts going across the computer. Hi, my name's Sally. Can I answer any questions for you? Hi, my name's Joe. Can I answer any questions? I want to shoot the duck. Well, and I don't blame you, and we've talked about this previously, but if you like yourself at all, understand that nine out of ten times, whoever's coming up on that chat screen doesn't even work at the dealership. Correct. They work in a call center. They know nothing about what you're calling for, but they are there to try to capture your phone number, which they do when you call in, capture your personal information, and then try to, of course, figure out how to follow up with you to it sell is you. Amazing. And, and I tell people this all the time. Do me a favor. Do not send me a link. I'm not open it. You send me a link. I was looking for something for my wife online the other day. I was in New York. How many times have you been hit with spam? Oh, wait. I, I was in New York a couple weeks ago, and I bought my wife a pocketbook, and I had it shipped home. That's a purse for those of you that don't know what a pocketbook is. Yeah. And there's a wallet that you can buy to match it. I couldn't find the wallet. They didn't have it in the store, and they didn't have it at any of the other Dooney Burke outlets so i went online and i was spender i was uh, actually was unbelievable and one thing i love about my wife with pocketbooks is that she don't like those big boy ones you know when you can buy a pocketbook for under 300 bucks i think you're doing great Uh, today that's probably darn true so i go online and i'm looking for this matching wallet and it needs to be a certain color whenever i log on to my computer now and i'm looking at anything all the advertisements pop up dooney burke 
this. They capture your information as soon as you look at something. By the way, what we just mentioned, it, it kind of hit me after we said it, that the average you know, quality purse today is probably $300 plus or minus or more. I'm sure they can be bought for much less and far more. Thousands and probably 20 bucks. But a really good quality purse is probably in the 300 range. You when, haven't shopped in a while, pal. Well, I'm not talking about... <laughs> I, well, that's true, too. Um, but... I'm going to leave that alone and just suggest that when Gary and I assist someone making a purchase that is, could be a $60,000 car, could be an $80,000 car, could be a private party car, could be, you know, any number or myriad of, of circumstances, we help guide through all of those. And at the end, we either don't get a penny or we collect a $400 fee and I promise we're worth it and much more. You know, it's simple. We help you buy a car. We're not selling. A, we're not selling you a car. You know, and some of the guys that really get it. I mean, Troy and Rich Deshaitis and Mr. Lundy over Peoria Volkswagen. There's Tom. There, Tom Fouché is wonderful. Um, Joe Massiello is wonderful. There's there's so many people that we know that just go out of their way to do anything they can to help our clients. Derek Miller. If if it I wasn't mean, for the fact. I, I couldn't work in a car dealership ever again. I never would, could, ever. Welcome back to Your Car Insiders on 960 The Patriot. When we talk about helping people, it, it's difficult for people, I think, to, to understand, especially you know if they haven't heard the radio show or, or perhaps if a, a friend is referring them and... The, the first question is kind of like the suspicious, well, what is it that you really do? And ultimately, I find myself at times trying to explain to people what it is that I do, which is protect them like no other human being ever could or would. When's the last time you helped somebody buy a car and they did something that you were completely against? Nope. Okay. I have a gal that called. She wants to buy a 9 or 10-year-old, 100,000-mile car and finance it. And I told her, for 400 bucks, I'm not helping you. It's I, not worth it. Think about it. She thinks she can get a loan from her bank, and I'm not saying she can, for 60 months on a 2010 car with 100,000 miles on it. And let's just stop, Gary. Before you even say it, if someone, if you or she or someone wants to do that to themselves... Do it. That that's up to you. Gary and I are not going to help. What I someone. explained to her was if you do that, understand this. If you can't pay the car off in a timely fashion, you have to make every payment on the car. You're going to be paying on a car in the last year that's twelve or thirteen years old. God forbid anything breaks on it too. How much would a warranty she, cost on a Mercedes? She actually wanted so well, I can buy a warranty on the car. What how good of a warranty can you buy in a car with 100,000 miles on it that's nine years old? Typically powertrain only, which is nothing. And if it's not powertrain only, how much is that warranty going to cost you? Several thousand dollars. And so with if you decide to call us, and I hope people hear this, our sole purpose is, is to, to help you, to guide you, to protect you, to serve you like no one else possibly could in an area where we are passionate and experts at doing what we do. We're not going to try to sell you on why you should use us. If you call up and start 
asking 50 questions like, I'm a car salesman. We are not going to be working together. I am not going to help you. And that goes ditto for me. And and we get it. And you know, I had one. It was probably the worst person I'd ever had that was a radio show listener. This guy actually took the information and went shopping with it. And I was actually on my way to pick him up. And, and he called, oh, I can't do it today. And I found out what he did. And, and I don't care because you want to know something. He's not going to be able to call me the next time. That's the one thing people don't get. I don't think yeah. if we fire you, you're fired. And I mean forever. And so when people call and we offer our tremendous service at a ridiculously low price, I'm going to ask you a question, Dana. Certainly. How many times have you helped somebody buy multiple cars at the same time? Several times. How much is it a car deal? 400. If, you, if they buy three cars, what do they owe you? 1200 Okay, I've helped people buy five cars at a time for businesses, and I collect the money. One thing that is non-negotiable that I do not negotiate, okay, I don't negotiate my fee. If you don't feel... You, you want to hear something crazy? One of our listeners, and he's a really nice guy, and we helped him in a huge mess, Lisa and Mike, that's all I'll say for now, called me up just a few days ago wanted to know, it wants to steal a new 19 Hyundai below cost and wants to make sure our fee is still 300. I'm like, um, sir, please don't say something like that. What we did for you was overwhelming and what you paid was 400 and it's never going down. And actually the funny thing was, I remember this gal and she annoyed me so much while I was there that I actually did the deal for 200 bucks. Because I just wanted to get out of there. and But our fee is $400. Now, I have a radio show listener I've helped multiple times. And I helped him at one point buy three trucks and wanted to know, is it still $400? I said, yep, it's 400 bucks times three. And he writes me a check for $1,200. Well, the key is every transaction stands on its own. And, Wait, you know, i got to tell you, I'm well, really glad, though, that those people called Dana, not me. <laughs> well, um, we're going to leave that alone. But the, the key is, and when it's a radio show listener, Gary and I split it. And so before taxes, we stand to earn $200 or $400 if it's our own client. Yeah. That That's the most we could possibly get. Or we get nothing. And if you understand that, please don't insult me. Please don't insult Gary by treating us like car salesmen because we are not car salesmen. We are experts in the industry that have so many years of knowledge and experience but that isn't we it use. Rule of thumb, can't you read a book on how to buy a car? Please. And again, Gary mentioned it earlier. It doesn't matter what you do. I don't care if you're a rocket scientist. I don't care if you're a nuclear physicist. I don't care if you can dissect, you know, things in nanoparticles. It doesn't help you buy a car and you're not leaving a dealership for less without our help. We guarantee it or we're free. We're free. You know, and it's funny when you said that. I know this young lady. She wanted to get a new car. She is way, way smarter than I am. I, by the way, when we say that, we're not being facetious. She graduated from ASU, summa cum laude, with a degree in biochemistry. Now, when I took her to get the car, she couldn't understand why a Honda Civic EX was more money to lease in 2017 than a Honda Accord Sport. It didn't make sense to her. Now, my daughter 
is way smarter than I am. And she always jokingly says, I don't know why people think it's so hard to buy a car. This is so simple. And the general manager started laughing. She says, you're here with your dad. If you think for one second I let people walk in my office and tell me what to do, you, your dad gets away with it. And and separately, that that's, you know, but, a, a, but again. Our understanding of the car business. We would be, we'd have doctorates, PhDs. And and more importantly, we we also are able to communicate effectively with these nice people that run these stores and explain and justify why they should pay more for your trade, why they should potentially offer you anything they have for less. And we're right there to make sure that the most important part, especially if you're buying from a dealership, is how you leave. You know, I'm going to ask Dana a question. How many times do they ask you, what do you think the trade's worth? Almost every time. Okay. And I have a very standard answer for that. It doesn't matter what I think. I'm not buying the car. Now, I am a big believer when I go and they ask me that question, I'll always say to them, what do you think the car's worth? You're buying it. And, and, and separately, the reason why they ask that question is not to try to trick us. It's because they know that we know approximately what the car's worth and they're curious as to what we think. That, we had that, dinner one night, Dana and I. And the two between the four of us at the you know two guys are in the car business, but they're in publication. And Dana and I sat there, and the four of us were talking about a car. And Dana picked a car, and I believe that the difference that the four of us had was five hundred bucks on the car. Now I've walked into a car dealership sometimes, and I jokingly do it with the used car manager. By the way, the people from that publication—it's an auto-related publication. So. I've been in a car dealership one day and I said, you know what, here's what we're going to do. No looking at anything. Let's write down a number as to what you think the car's worth before we put any information into your computer program. When we were done, the three guys in the dealership that were sitting behind the desk on a $12,000 car, their three numbers were two grand apart. My number was within $100 of what they appraised the car at after we were done. We're your car insiders. We work for you, not the dealers. You can reach me at 602-525-1370. You can reach Dana at 602-679-8324. Welcome back to Your Car Insiders on 96 of the Patriot. Once again, my name is Gary Green. I'm here with my friend and business partner, Dana Southern, and we are Your Car Insiders. Remember... You can always reach me at 602-525-1370. You can reach Dana at 602-679-8324. You know, we're not being critical. We're not trying to be mean. But, folks, we've been doing this for a long time. And I can tell within a couple of minutes of talking to somebody if it's somebody that really wants me to help them or if it's somebody that's just looking for information. And I'm okay with if you just want the information. But guess what? Tell me up front. You know what? I'm really not interested in paying you the 400 bucks. Could you help me? And I will help you because I don't I, I, I hate to see people get abused at a car dealership. Okay. Now. I'm there and I appreciate what the dealerships do for us. But when I'm there and I see somebody that just paid $5,000 profit in the front end on a car deal, I'm almost a little grateful for those people. Because those people that think they know what they're doing, that pay those profits, allow my clients to get the deals and Dana's clients to get the deals that we get. Now, I spoke to a gentleman the other day and he was talking about a certain cars. 
you're not going to steal certain cars. You're not going to get too much for your trade on certain cars. Okay, You want a Ford Mustang GT350, step up, put on your big boy pants, pay for the car. Ford Raptors, you're not going to steal one. You know, I had a client, really, really smart guy, called me up and said he could buy one for MSRP. I said, go buy the car. If you can buy a Raptor at MSRP, don't call us. You know, but it's we're here to help you. We're not selling you anything. You know, that being said, we appreciate everybody that supports our radio show. We do a lot of business with a lot of different dealers, but you know, Joey Staples at Earnhardt Honda, Tom Fouché at Earnhardt Cadillac. Chats Hassan at the at the Hyundai, at the Kia store. Adam Breen at the Hyundai store. Mark Rushford and Tony you know, Femiano. It, There's so know, many. I mean, I went saw a friend of mine yesterday, and I was joking around with him, and I said, you know, and it's funny because think about the car business and how it's changed. You used to be able to buy a Hyundai for forty nine ninety five. It was called an Excel, E X C E L, and it was back in the late eighties. Now you can buy. A Genesis G90 and spend 70 grand. You can also walk and get into, a great car. <laughs> and you can also walk into the Mercedes Benz dealership right now and look at a CLA 250 and buy a Mercedes sedan in the $30,000 range. Now, not such a wonderful car in my opinion. Let me ask you a question. What would you rather have a CLA Mercedes 250 or I'd rather have a Honda Accord than that. That, so. a Honda Accord, an XSE Camry? Absolutely. Uh, a Hyundai Sonata? I believe so. SX? Absolutely. Turbo? The, the, Kia Optima? Yep. The, well, again, if you haven't figured it out, we're not anti-Mercedes. And but I the think CLA, I, I said Hyundai. I don't believe the Hyundai's, it's not an SX. I think the key is the SX. Yeah, that's the Optima SX. Yeah, the Optima. Yeah. And but, but, you know, when you look at these cars, I mean, I looked at a that new Stinger that Kia came out with. That's a bad boy. Now, now Hyundai's coming out with the sedan, and they kind of crap me out because I drive manual transmissions. I don't like it. Well, there's not too many choices in how to do it. The new G70 sedan that's coming out from Hyundai, which is going to be their BMW 3 Series, Audi A4 fighter, Mercedes C-Class fighter. They're offering the car with a manual transmission. Ooh. But I got all crapped out because you can only get it with the four-cylinder turbo. Ooh. Now, it's crazy when you think about how technology's changed. Okay, Back in the day, you could get a Chevy pickup truck with a 454 engine in it. The new engine that's going to go in, the I think, the 19 or the 20 Silverados, the base engine is going to be a four-cylinder turbo. Well, in a truck. Well, again, people must be realizing by now that it's not your father's Oldsmobile. Back in the mid '80s to almost '90, they had a 4.5 liter V8 Cadillac engine that was a very good engine for them. One of the better engines they had, in all fairness, that was fuel efficient. And it produced either 155 or 170 horsepower. In, in, two, in 1980, a, a new Corvette, Civic has that. A Corvette had less than 200 horsepower with an L48. So when when you think about the the technology and these new engines and these EcoBoost and these new derivatives that all these different manufacturers are coming up with. Um, the the V8, the V10, the V12, you could forget those for the you know, most it's, part. It's funny that you said that. 
mentioned at one point on the radio, we had a 64 Riviera, a 72 Riviera. After that, we had a 67 Lincoln with the suicide doors. We had a 70 Eldorado and a 1972 Buick Riviera. The 72 Riviera and the 70 Eldorado, yeah, with the bow tail, they called it, was the last cars my dad owned before he passed away in 1976. And... I drove my mother's car home from Jones Beach, and I'll never forget my friend's dad looking at the car with a Budweiser in one hand, a cigarette in the other, his baseball cap that said Ford on top, and he built race cars. And he looked at my mother's engine with the glowing exhaust manifold saying, I never saw that. I blew the engine up in my mom's car. So my mom went and bought a Chevy Monte Carlo. And she came home the next day, and she basically said, there's something wrong with my car. It doesn't go. Well... It's because it's a 231 V6, not a 455 V8. But the technology today... Welcome back to Your Car Insiders on 96 of the Patriot. My name is Gary Green. I'm here with my friend and business partner, Dana Southern. We are Your Car Insiders. You know... Very special thanks to Lundy's Peoria Volkswagen, located at 8801 West Bell Road. They no longer have the Mitsubishi dealership, uh, but they still sell Volkswagens, and I think they have a few new Mitsubishis left. Probably uh, make a great deal on those. And they'll make a great deal on those. But, you know, we talk about things, and we're here to help. And there's an article. It's on MSN. And you can click on autos, and you can learn a whole bunch of stuff. And we're going to go through this one really quick. And it basically says 25 mistakes people make when selling a vehicle. I'm not going to go through all the verbiage, but the first one is very crucial. Not knowing what your vehicle's worth. Undertaking mechanical repairs to increase your car's value. Okay. But now, as the buyer of a used car, if you're buying a car private party... You want to make sure that you're not buying a car that needs repairs. So everything that we're saying the buyer, the seller shouldn't do, the buyer needs to watch out for. Lying about other offers. By the way, it, it, it uses a term that they've been using in car dealerships in number three um, for decades. And just so you know, as a consumer going out to buy something when you think that they're liars, cheats, and thieves, the saying that goes back to my first day in the car business, I heard it probably within if a day. If their lips are moving, they're lying. And buyers are liars is the catchphrase among many automotive salespeople. Most deals will usually be close to each other when they're willing to pay for a used car. There may be some offers that stand out either for being too low or for their generosity. Shopping around will help establish a reasonable value for your car. Okay, I, you know, folks, if you want to spend your whole day going to different dealerships to find out what your trade is, how many times do you hear it? Well, before we do anything, I want to know what my trade's worth. Well, well you hear it pretty often, but here's the key Gary mentioned it the car's worth what someone will pay for it, and Gary and I certainly have a very good understanding of how to get as much out of a car as it possibly can. You can't make a one thousand dollar car be worth three thousand, but a three thousand dollar car might be worth thirty five hundred or more with the right description. Anyway, moving from that one, Gary, what's next? Uh, next one was, uh, I didn't know where it came in because it was yielding to a hard sell. We're talking about selling your car. They're talking about car dealerships and, and, and hard sells. Number six was skip the cleanup. Now, if your car's filthy, here's a couple of things I'll tell you. 
A, if you want to rinse your car off and clean it up and tidy it up, it's not a bad idea. Spend 150 bucks on a detail, don't think I do that. Now, here's another little trick. When you're going to a car dealership and you're planning on buying a car, don't clean your car out completely. Because when the used car manager gets in the car to appraise the car, and the first thing he does, he looks in the center console, he opens up the glove box, he looks in the trunk. If the car's empty, he knows you've made a psychological decision that you're shopping and buying a car today. So, But before, a car wash don't, don't is not go, a yeah, bad idea. Don't go past that, Gary. I hope you were listening to what he just said. If If you empty out your car before you go car shopping, even though you're maybe intending to buy a car or planning to buy a car, I can assure you that his advice is very solid in that you do not want to give them obvious signs that you're there to trade, like your title sticking out of your pocket and the car empty and the offer from the dealership you just left on the dash. And I've had all of those things in my car career when I worked at ABC. Now, this one's funny. Not reading the contract. Okay. If you're in a major car dealership, and, and this is what it says, have it reviewed by someone you trust before you sign. Do not accept an explanation provided by the dealership employee. Well, you can have whoever you want look at that contract, but you're not changing anything in it. And there are states like, you know, where Gary is from New York. There's other states like Wisconsin where they don't do spot deliveries and you don't actually physically take the car right when you buy it. So maybe in those cases, you'd really have the opportunity to read the contract prior to physically taking delivery. But that's not the case here in Arizona. And I would suggest that probably one in 10,000 actually read the entire contract and even at one in 10,000 I'm probably high agree or disagree absolutely accepting a last minute trade in devaluation in most car buying transactions you go to a dealer agree to a contract based in part on their appraisal of your trade in and then you continue to use your old car while waiting for delivery of the new car since then something could happen to your old car during this time most contracts allow the dealer to do a second appraisal when you return to pick up your new vehicle this is reasonable and so unfortunately some dealers use this but provision to arbitrarily lower the price, often significantly. Just if you are psyched to take delivery of a new car, if nothing has happened to your trade-in since the first appraisal and the dealership insists on reducing as well, you should be able and willing to walk away and make sure the contract allows this without imposing fees or penalties. Now keep reading for some pitfalls to avoid if you're planning on selling your car yourself. Don't forget about the sales tax advantage. Not taking advantage of all free advertised options. Don't forget used car publications that allow private parties to list a vehicle for free. Okay, Be really careful if you're buying a car on Craigslist. It's free. Using poor pictures. Okay, You don't want pictures to be blurry. You don't want pictures of your license plates in used, car, you know, used cars advertisements. Okay, I don't know anybody who writes a description or of a vehicle better than Dana. For sale, Toyota Camry, call if interested. Okay. Dana gl- writes the best ads. Leaving tools or fluids in the trunk. I helped a guy one day trade his truck in, and he had four gallons of antifreeze in the back seat of his pickup truck. I think he had a leak in his water pump. 
not being prepared in advance of a showing. If you're showing the car from your home, which is not necessarily a good idea, as you will discover in a later slide, be prepared well in advance of the appointed meeting time. An early arrival potential buyer catches you topping off the oil or coolant or even just vacuuming the interior might become aware of the car's condition or have you have care to that. Now, I'm going to add something to that. I look at cars at the auction. The first thing that I do when I look at a car in the auction, I go the day before. Because if an engine is going to make a noise, it's only going to make the noise the first time the car starts up that day if it's something minimal. There's a little valve chatter. There's a lifter noise. There's this. There's that. I can start a car at the auction. I hear the little tapping. I shut the car off. I start the car back up. The noise is gone. The car is not fixed. It's the oil has an opportunity to be sucked out of the oil sump up to the top of the valves. The next one is not knowing how to clear the title held by a lender. I hate sell, helping somebody sell a car that still has a lien on it. Well, and it, it does make it more difficult, but it says here, I, it says if you owe money on the car you're trying to sell, you probably won't have the title. Most states are title-holding states, as is Arizona. This will discourage many potential buyers. To counter this, contact the lender determine, to determine how to handle the title release for a sale, then provide this information to a potential buyer. Let me tell you something. What Gary said a few moments ago about hating to sell vehicles that have existing liens on them, it, it is much more difficult in, than when they don't have them. And for you as a person to just contact your lender and ask them how to handle it, that you're going to have zero success. Now here's with the that. other thing to add to that. I could handle it. That's not going to handle it. Here's the other thing you want to remember. When you're selling your car to somebody and they look at you and say, hey, don't put my name on the title. Just sign it over. Nope. Yeah, you don't ever sell your car on what's called an open title. Right to the third party DMV. You make sure that the money's real before you go there. You make sure that there's no lien on the vehicle. If you're the buyer. You don't give the cash until you know the title. If you're the made. seller, you don't. You, you want to protect yourself. Now we do all that. By the way, if your car is still under the manufacturer's warranty or an extended service contract, learn how to transfer the coverage to the next buyer. Then include the availability of this added protection in your advertising, folks. Most certifications on cars end with the transfer of ownership. You want to make sure that whatever warranty they're talking about is transferable. Buy a Hyundai or a Kia with the 100,000 mile limited powertrain warranty. You sell that car private party, the person that buys the car does not get the balance of the 10 year 100,000 mile powertrain. It drops to five years, 60,000 to the second owner. You want, okay, have a pricing strategy, okay? They're saying basically ask for more than you want for your car. You can only ask, you, you can't ever raise the price once you advertise it, but you sure can lower it. Although, to, although that doesn't happen at the dealerships, they advertise the price and then they raise it. How, how do, it, yeah. it that's kind of weird because private party, if you're buying a car, assuming it's not a bad car and it's a vehicle that's worthy, they don't raise the price once you get there. But when you go to a dealership and see an advertisement... They sure do. Now, the other thing you don't want to... Losing maintenance records. Okay, it, It's not a bad idea if you're going to sell your car a private party to have your maintenance records to show somebody. That's private party. If you're trading your car in a car dealership, don't give them anything. Nothing with your personal information. With your personal information on it. 
not screening potential buyers. Yeah, I want to meet you in the Home Depot parking lot at 1130 tonight. (laughs) Meeting in an unsecured area. Improperly handling the test drive. Before letting a stranger test drive your car, verify the person's identity by checking his or her driver's license, photograph photograph it with your phone, and then email the image to a friend. The information on the license should agree with what's presented. As for the test drive, insist on accompanying the potential buyer. When I was a sales manager in a car dealership, I used to get so pissed when I would say to the salesman, where's your customer? They're on a test drive. How are you here? Okay. Exactly. So... Folks, don't hand somebody the keys to your car and let them go for a test drive. I used to say to the salesman, you know what, give me the keys to your car. I want to let them drive that when they come back. And and just so we're on the same page, you know, there's a lot of people that are dishonest. And there's people that use bad checks. There's people that have, you know, nefarious intent. And you may not be able to, by looking at them, tell. Do not let anybody take your car now, without you. Passing on personal information. We just mentioned that. Before showing receipts that verify the maintenance and repairs you've done, make sure that all your personal information is deleted. Remove checking account and bank routing numbers and credit card numbers that might show up on a canceled check or receipt. Being unprepared to have your car checked by a mechanic. Okay? By the way, quick mention, if you're looking to buy a vehicle private party and you don't know that vehicle intimately yourself, you owe it to yourself. Have the car looked at. Have it looked at thoroughly because even if the Carfax shows it's got no accidents and even if the Carfax shows a great service history, it doesn't mean that nothing's wrong with it. It just means that you've seen what you've seen. You know, and they talk about verifying cashier's checks. You get a fake cashier's check, you signed your title over. You now have a legal nightmare. I, I had a absolute case of it. In fact, I'll, I'll share it real quick. Not long after I became the general manager of the dealership that I was the general manager of for about a decade, about a few months into, um, actually that's not true. That was a different scenario. The one that was this one was a, a couple came in while we were doing the remodel of the facility. And when they brought the vehicle in, it showed to have clean title, clean everything. They had bought it with a bad cashier's check from a private party. They sold it to us. We ran the motor vehicle record. It all showed to be good. About three weeks later, I got a call from my title gal informing me that Detective Jesse James from the Department of Motor Vehicles has put a a stolen vehicle report on that and that our client, our customer, is going to be pulled over at gunpoint if we do not get that car back. Never, ever take a cashier's check that you don't see generated yourself at the bank, ever. Now, here's another thing you have to watch. Look at the date that a title was issued. Same day, that was the issue. Yeah. Go buy a car. The title was just issued. You got to make sure that they didn't just get a title loan, and before the title loan got reported to a lien, they got a duplicate copy of the title. Now, this is really important, that open title thing we talked about. If you sell a car on an open title, and they don't re-register the car, and there's a problem, the vehicle gets abandoned, the vehicle gets involved in something. Bank robbery. Good luck trying to register the rest of your vehicles. Once again, we're your car insiders. We work for you, not the dealers. You can reach me at 602-525-1370. You can reach Dana at 602-679-8324. We'll be back next week.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.